You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Downtown at the Arch, I'm Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. This is the Grimar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. And a pleasant Sunday. Joe Pott with you in for Tom Ackerman here this week. Our Stiefel Sports Studio brings us to Bush Stadium, where the Cardinals will take on the Reds later this afternoon. That's a 115 first pitch. Of course, we'll talk plenty of Cardinals baseball. We, uh, I want to get right into our show today. Of course, you'll hear from Oliver Marble. Of course, you'll hear from John Bozalak. You will not hear from our uh, normal guest for St. Louis City Soccer. And so that's Lutz Fannenstiel. He would normally be joining us, but because City plays a noon game today, just up the street at City Park, they've got the LA Galaxy in town. Instead, we have a couple of other uh, St. Louis City geared guests. That's Jake Koenig and Justin Graham, and they have the uh, podcast Ball Watching, focusing on St. Louis City soccer. Both gentlemen join us here this morning, so we'll kick off our show that way. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are we doing today? I am well. How about you guys? We're doing just fine. It's a little bit of a rainy, rainy Sunday, but looking to have some fireworks and hopefully brighten things up as as city comes to town. So I have heard you a uh, time or two with Bill McDermott, Mr. Soccer, on our postgame show at the pitch. Uh, you did a, a set with the folks on Total Information AM, but uh, give our listeners, Sports on a Sunday listeners, a little bit of an idea of what you do, what the Ball Watching Podcast is and is about. Yeah, so, so Ball Watching is something that we started back in April of 2022 and it's our way of trying to increase fandom of the club here in St. Louis and using our own soccer experience and and soccer uh, in our blood really from a young age to you know educate have some fun with and, and make people excited about the club not just what's on the field but also everything that surrounds it with the community and everything the club is doing so we try to do that twice weekly through previews and recaps for every single game and we also have some exciting special guest interviews that we've had so uh, that's kind of the the forum for us and we're trying to build a community there and had a lot having a lot of fun doing it so far so give me an idea of your uh, soccer background you say from a young age uh, most of us or a lot of us played soccer in St. Louis growing up myself included uh, what's your backgrounds playing soccer or involved with soccer so it ends at a certain point for me I <laughs> playing soccer I, I my extensive career ended at dismet playing some high school ball I was a goalkeeper uh, and I played for St. Louis Scott Gallagher growing up uh, but my my co-host Justin has a little bit more than me uh, yeah, I ended up playing soccer uh, at St. Louis University for a couple of years. I uh, was not playing as much as I liked, but it was a good. It was a good experience at the time. But gave me enough background, I feel like, to do do a show that we do now and having a lot of fun with Jake. So, 
the the thing is, um, there have been soccer on several levels. Uh, there have been soccer organizations on several levels in the pro game here in St. Louis, going all the way back to the Stars and the North American Soccer League. Many uh, different uh, indoor teams that have played here. Uh, you know, what kind of uh, were you guys fans? I guess of the indoor teams, because probably I would I would reckon you're too you're a little too young for the Stars. I'm too young for the Stars, so I imagine that that you're. Uh, the pro game, anyway, for you guys dates back to some of the indoor teams, right? Yeah, yeah it does, right? I mean, Justin, I remember Ambush and Steamers, I think, were our indoor teams that we were supporting growing up. And then, obviously, St. Louis FC uh, when they were here. But we never had the fortune of having that professional team. I got to get a little bit of a taste of it when I moved to, to Kansas City for a couple of years post Post grad, and I supported Sporting KC, which feels very ironic at this point uh, in our lives. But that's my, I feel like, professional extent here in St. Louis. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like the, the indoor teams were a little bit before our time. Um, we did have St. Louis uh, FC in, in Fenton at the time for a while. And then mm-hmm. we had the ups and downs, obviously, of trying to get an MLS team, of, of trying to push it through, getting failed, and multiple attempts at that, and finally getting it. So it's been surreal. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this team. Obviously, so many, um, uh, I mean, records being broken for this team and this franchise through now, I guess, 15 games in Major League Soccer. Let's talk a little bit about Wednesday's game. What an odd game Wednesday was, only because you were playing 40 minutes. Bradley Carnell said as much that this was going to be a new experience. Uh, I think he said this week they were basically going to put this behind them, but this is interesting because the personnel, the lineup was dictated by what was going on on May 6th, right? By the schedule on May 6th. And then you've got to kind of go back and use that, basically that same lineup on Wednesday as you try to resume this game. So an, an interesting game all the way around. Yeah, to us it was very odd. It's one of those things where it's not very common, but to have us go all the way back down to Dallas, play 40 minutes, yes, you had to do the exact same lineup that was on the field, and barring some injuries and some side things like that, but... Overall, it was, in my opinion, we do a one-word summary on the uh, podcast, and I felt like it was just an unsatisfying game And the fact that you get all geared up for a full game, then we only get 40 minutes. They scored with just over 10 minutes left, and the announcer said that, and it's like, whoa, this is already about to end. Um, so just a weird event for the guys, but I'm not too worried about us having to bounce back today. So today, being the LA Galaxy, uh, it's a it's an early start. It's a Sunday game, so a lot of a, a little bit different there, but nice because you've got a couple more days between that uh, forty minute game. What do you expect playing facing a side like the Galaxy, who is they've got a league low points, they're they're last in the Western Conference, but uh, it, it's one of those that I feel like could be could be a trap game. Certainly could be. You look at the the team on paper, current worst team in the MLS, but you look at the salary cap and the wage bill they have, and this team should not be where they are. They are significantly underperforming attacking-wise and overperforming a little bit defensively. This is not a team to take lightly. They will rectify the situation at some point. They've already made some firings in their president and GM, uh, Chris Klein, who is a St. Louis, and uh, to make some of those changes. And I believe they will right the ship. They've also just lost their lead striker, Chicharito, to a torn ACL just a couple games ago. So we will not be seeing him today. He'll be out the rest of the season. Uh, but this is still a dangerous team. They have some exciting attacking presence. 
uh, that I, I think will look to exploit our back line and play through through balls and, and a lot of possession heavy soccer, which is something that I think we're very comfortable dealing with. Uh, so it's a game that we should win, I think, honestly, but not something that we should take lightly because this team is looking to to capitalize on, on a team that's looking to overlook them. And the one thing I want to say as well is, that, uh, yes, it was a weird game that we had on Wednesday, and the last thing that we need today is another rain delay. I would like for us right. to just get, get onto the field and take care of these guys, which we should do handily on paper. But obviously it all comes to the 90 minutes that are on the field. But the, I would really appreciate not having another weird one this Sunday. Yeah, without a doubt. Guys, I, I apologize to uh, make this a little bit shorter than I wanted to, but I'm going to uh, move on. And I know you guys wanted to get in early because of this early start. So let's play, pray for some dry weather today. No delays. Uh, Jake and Justin, we, uh, we'll make plans. We'll catch up again. We'll do this again, and maybe we can do it even for a couple of segments the next time. But uh, folks can check out your podcast, How? At at ball watching STL on Twitter and Instagram. We're also on YouTube and you can catch us streaming on Apple and Spotify and Amazon. If you just search ball watching. So that's where you can catch us. Well, I appreciate you guys taking some time today. Continued success to you. Uh, and again, dry weather, uh, hoping today. Thank you, Joe. Have a great weekend. Thank you guys. That's Jake Koenig and Justin Graham, the ball watching podcast as uh, they are keeping tracks on at St. Louis city SC. We're, of course, keeping track on the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, will join us next. It's sports on a Sunday morning. We're coming back to Bush Stadium after this on KMOX. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. So the Cards manager, Oliver Marmel, is with us here on a Sunday morning, and he's in studio. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I I don't know, obviously, what all of the other teams in Major League Baseball do. I would doubt that all of them have the kind of access that you have given us, whether it is on Sunday mornings normally with Tom, Monday mornings uh, throughout the year, or Wednesdays, I guess it is, on on the station as well. So I appreciate you taking the time, and I know that's something that's important to you to be able to uh, converse this way to the fans. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's the reason we do this is our fan base. So to be able to uh, jump on with you guys a couple times a week and, and give that access is important. Uh, you guys are a big part of uh, the voice to our to our audience. So I want to make sure uh, we're available. Uh, and I won't keep you too terribly long here this morning. Let's talk a little bit about Miles Michaelis yesterday. I, I was on the pregame show talking about the string that he was on. I mean, you look at his last three starts. He had a .9 ERA. I think going back seven starts, it was like a yeah. 1.2. I mean, something like that. And he just it just wasn't there for him yesterday, and he said as much in the postgame. Yeah, and you're going to have outings that, that look like that. But the reality was we we had a couple non-plays that led to it, and uh, the game could have looked different. And um, there's uh, and you look at Nolan. He's done a really nice job for us. This is a guy that plays an unbelievable third who, who feels terrible about not making every play that comes into his way, but um, ended up loading the bases and then uh, – made a bad pitch that got hit. So, uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't go as planned, but uh, Miles will be just fine. And, you know, you speak of that Nolan Arenado play. It was just something that, I mean, it was a half step. It was a timing thing, right? He took a half step back on that ground ball, and that was all it took for the for uh, the runner to beat it out. No, that's exactly right. And um, he came hard out of the box and beat it out as bang-bang play, but uh, went their way and then uh, followed by a big hit. And that's that's kind of what we've been missing is that the ability to come up with that big hit when it's needed make that big pitch when it's needed. When you look at those leverage situations, uh, we flew out to right, uh, good swing, just a flout to right with the bases loaded and 
they clear the bases with a double, and that's the game. So um, at some point, uh, it has to turn. We're hoping it turns really darn soon. I I think back to, uh, you know, the beginning of May. It was a Sunday game against Detroit. You you have a big inning against Detroit, uh, and it turned. And I think from there, it was something like 15 out of 19 of the next games. You went on a string. So a game like today, a game that is a, you know, a win is a series win, can get you right back on the roll, right? It it can. Um, When you look at May, it it was definitely better than April. Um, But then you go to Pittsburgh and you get swept there. And then Texas, they take the first two and you're you're able to score one and and win that last one. Um, So winning the series today is important. And we have to look at it one game at a time. Uh, The reality is our our division is what it is. And we have a shot, even with playing the way we've been playing. But um, we believe in our group. And I know some people may be tired of hearing that, but the reality is we do believe in our group. And um, our clubhouse is going to keep going. Yeah, it's funny. I know you say some people may get tired of hearing it. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what they expect, right? What 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 are you going to do? Come in here and say, no, you're right. We're going to give up for the rest of the season. <laughs> I mean, there's more than, than half a season to play right here. Uh, and as you said, reality is this division is not very good right now. I, I've said a number of times, Milwaukee has not taken the opportunity to pull away. Pittsburgh has not taken the opportunity to pull away. And so the Cardinals are right in this. We are, but we have to do something about mm-hmm. it. And that's the part that that we want to make sure like our guys here and they believe like it's one thing to say our division isn't good and we have a shot. Uh, it's another thing to actually do something about it. And we have to start to play. We've got to play better baseball and, and more consistent baseball. We have to make plays. We have to come up with big hits. And when we have a lead, we got to be able to keep it. Um, so at the end of the day, like I, I hear you and yeah. I, I agree, but we have to do something about it. Very true. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, this lineup, this we, we've talked a lot this year about depth, which has been tested a little bit, obviously, with some injuries. You get Dylan Carlson back. He's been a big spark. He was on base five times yesterday. So some of those things starting to fall into place. Yeah, and that's part of when you look at um, the last couple of weeks not having our outfield, um, it showed. Um, we pitched the contact, and there's a lot of balls in play and a lot of balls that were falling in. If you look at our overall defense in the outfield it wasn't very good over the last couple weeks and um offensively or defensively and to get a couple guys back kind of stabilize that with Edmund and center who did an unbelievable job yesterday and is going to continue to do that you have a Carlson and Wright, who does a really nice job in right. He's done that for a couple of years for us. It starts to stabilize the defense and then uh we just need a little bit more production but at the end of the day we have to be able to control some of those things, and, and that's one of the ones that we feel like we can address by having Edmund in center and Carlson in right. I don't think you can say enough about what Tommy Edmund – I mean, it, this is a guy – you're talking about two balls that he breaks back into the gap in left center field, yeah. runs them down, and then the ball that is dying in center field, he makes that diving catch coming in, looks like he's been a center fielder all his life, plays it that way. He, he does, and regardless of where you put this guy, he does a really nice job. Um, he works at it. He, I mean – he is unbelievable when it comes to his uh, preparation. So he goes out to center, makes some unbelievable plays, but that, that's what we need right now. When you look at that series against Texas, we hit some balls pretty hard in that first game, and their outfield ran it down, did a really nice job of uh, not allowing them to be doubles and runs, and um, we need to do a better job of that. And with the outfield we're putting out there again today, I think uh, it gives us the best chance. Uh, tell us about the lineup today. Yeah, you got uh, Donovan. He's going to play first, and he's going to lead off. Goldie's going to DH today, get him off his feet a little bit. Gorman's at second base. Arenado's at third. Contreras will catch. Carlson in right. Walker in left. DeYoung at short, and Eddie will be in center. Uh, have you thought about Luke and Baker playing first base at all? I mean, I know Donovan today. Have you liked what you've seen from him? 
out of uh, Luke, Luke, and Luke and Baker, yeah. Yeah, and this is a guy that's continuing to work hard at first base. Defense isn't his strength, mm-hmm. um, but he's done a nice job of working at it in AAA. The reports were good. At the end of the day, Donovan gives us a little better defense there. So, yeah. Uh, and that's the other thing. Um, tell me a little bit about Jordan Walker. What have you seen from him since he's returned? He's done a nice job. And um, I know there was a talk about when we sent them down, was it the right move? Was it not the right move? The reality was he went down there and brought his overall ground ball rate from 60 down to 44. And when you see some of the swings he's taken now, those ground balls are line drives, and some of those line drives are now homers. And that's what we, we need out of Jordan. If we want Jordan Walker to be the Jordan Walker that we all expect and we know he's going to be, uh, that's going to be part of one of many adjustments that I'll have to make. If you talk to Goldie and Nolan and these guys that have been in the league, Albert, last year, they've had to make several adjustments year to year in order to stay in the league and continue to thrive. This isn't a huge adjustment, but it's one that he's going to have to make and one that he's already making, and we're seeing some of the results of it. But this is guy, he continues to hit the ball hard, and some of the ones that get elevated go a long ways. So we're happy with what we're seeing. He's done a nice job. It says a lot about a player that – Lots of hype. He's up to start the season. He gets yeah. sent down, and, and you say, hey, here's some things to work on, and he does it, and results show. No doubt. And the one thing we didn't want is when he went down there for the the short time that he was down there, early on he struggled. Mm-hmm. And what you don't want is that struggle to take place here, and then you start to doubt yourself, do I belong? And we felt like mentally he was able to handle going down better than struggling up here and start to question, like, hey, do I really belong up here? Um, the reality is he went down got some work done, came back up, and we're seeing a, a, a much better version of him. Um, no different than Gorman. Gorman got exposed last year. These these guys, the young guys, they do. And it's your ability to make an adjustment that shows what type of player you are. Gorman has made an adjustment, and we're seeing the, the fruits of it now. Walker, he's made an adjustment. He's in the process of continuing to do that, and we're going to see some really good things out of him. Oliver Marmel, Cardinals manager, I appreciate the time as always, and thanks for coming in and spending some time in studio today. Nah, you got it, man. Appreciate it. There you go. There's the card. Skipper with us here on a Sunday morning as the cards get set to face the Reds here today. One fifteen is the first pitch. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. It's sports on a Sunday morning here from the Stiefel's. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Studio at Bush Stadium. I'm Joe Pott. We're coming back after this on KMOX. From the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Back at Cardinals Nation Restaurant, Joe Pott joined by the former Cards catcher Gary Bennett. Saturday signings here at Cardinals Nation. And uh, Gary... Spent a couple of years with the Cardinals, back here many years later. I imagine it's nice to reconnect with the fans. It is. It's every time we come back, and I, I don't get back here often enough. I try to two or three times a season, but uh, family and I come down. Organization, obviously, is always first-class way I treat us, and then the interaction with the fans, is it's hard to put into words. Uh, just the passion and, and the excitement every time I come here, it's, it's phenomenal. Part of the 2006 World Series winning team here with the Redbirds. How many people up there reminded you of the back-to-back walk-off winners in that Cubs series in August? It, it came up uh, quite often, and uh, I, I will never get sick of hearing that, and I'd never tire of that. It was it was uh, an amazing stretch for me, and obviously being part of uh, the Cardinals and some of that being against the Cubs, uh, it, it sticks in people's minds a little more. You come here as a, as a catcher to this organization at that time when Yadier Molina is entrenched as the starting catcher. What do you expect? What are you hoping for when you get here to a, to a franchise in that state? Yeah, and I was I was at I had a, a chance earlier in my career to catch at a little more regular basis, and you know the game lets you know it's going to sort out who's going to be an everyday player and who's not. So at that time, I, I, uh, the, the game was it'll be brutally honest with you. I knew I was going to be a backup or split time at, at best, um, and the chance first and foremost the chance to play for the Cardinals would I, I jumped on. Um, and then knowing Yachty was the player he was and the talent he had and where he was going to go, I was I came in, honestly, back him up, fill in when I can, give him a break, and hopefully keep the train rolling on days he needs off. Nothing wrong with a 15-, 16-year major league career as as a primary backup, right? I mean, that's a lot That's a lot more than a lot of guys get. Certainly. I, you know, uh, everyone wants to play every day. Everyone wants to be a superstar, but, you know, uh, doesn't work out that way and and you know like I said the game sorts things out and I, I have no complaints the game was great to me I got out of it what my ability let me and, and no regrets baseball's a funny game that 2004 team was probably the best team in baseball they fall in the World Series 2006 you get in barely as the Central Division champs you get hot you get on a roll and you win the World Series yeah, that, that team, certainly 04 was, was loaded, and I remember watching that team when they were playing the Red Sox. Uh, so 06, some of the, some of the uh, characters were still there, um, but if you look back on that team in, in April, I think at the time we had the best start in the history of the Cardinals, which is quite a long time. Then I think Albert pulled an oblique. I think Eckstein tweaked something. Jimmy had a little bit of concussion, bounced off the wall. I think Roland went down for a week or two, so there was a stretch of four or five months after April where one of those key pieces was dinged up a little bit, and everybody got healthy when we rolled into uh, San Diego for that first playoff game. So it was a very, very talented team. Were, they as, were we as talented as 04? Probably not on paper, but to your point, we got healthy and got hot, and it, it worked out. Yeah, and it doesn't matter, right? I mean, it's not it's not necessarily about you know the the, the, the talent. It's just it's it's what happens at what time. It's, and that's always the thing. You go into any, any spring training hoping whatever team it is to be in the mix in September. 
And then from there, who knows what's going to happen? You know, once you hit the postseason, it's a brand new season. Crazy things happen. You know, and, and the Mets on paper, I think, were far and away the most talented on paper. They were loaded. But we, we played a little better than they did. And, and tight, the Tigers, too, they were loaded. When you think about that and you, and, and you think about, you know, the timing and just kind of getting to that September, do you think about a team like what the Cardinals have right now and, and, and they're still within seven, eight games of this division? There's a lot of baseball left, man, for this team. Um, certainly they got to they gotta right the ship soon, sooner rather than later. But it, it, patience is tough, especially with fan bases and, and the expectations here. You know, you're expected to win here, and that's a beautiful thing. You want that every year. So the slow start is a little surprising, but there's still a lot of baseball left. Final thing for you, Gary, the new rules, the pitch clock, the some of the other things that they've put in place. Do you like it? Have you have you had a chance to kind of take in the games? Yeah, you know, the, the it, it certainly sped some things up. I think, what are they, two hours and 37 minutes they're averaging. So that, that's not a bad thing. I, I think where it's really going to come into play is the playoffs uh, because, you know, every pitch matters a little more. Sometimes the hitter needs to take out and clear his head, take a deep breath. Same thing with the pitchers. So I'm hoping it doesn't affect the game too much in the, in the playoffs because things do slow down as crazy as it sounds because the game really speeds up so as a player you really have to take that extra second or two or five to try to slow things down so i you know there's, there's going to be a learning curve and obviously the last few weeks the players and there's not as much uproar about it so i just hope it doesn't affect outcomes of playoff games that's what i really hope gary bennett great to have you back in st louis thanks for spending some time thanks for having me man always a pleasure to be here catcher Gary Bennett yesterday afternoon. Did you know that the Cardinals do Saturday signings uh, almost every Saturday home game at the museum above Cardinals Nation restaurant? So that's pretty cool. And there is a ton. There are a ton of former Cardinals, Cardinals alum. And I mean, from former MVPs, because David Eckstein was up there previously. Jim Edmonds has been up there to a guy like Gary Bennett, who maybe played only a couple of years, but was part of a really good team in 2006. Uh, we talked a little bit about those walk-off, those back-to-back walk-offs, but it's really fun and it's a good opportunity to go up and see some former Cardinals as well. That is on Saturdays during the uh, season at home. We'll take a break here. We'll come back because I want to get you to Dan Reardon, Camel X golf editor, who was with Matt Pauley earlier this week talking about the merger between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. So we'll come back with Dan Reardon on the other side of the break. It is sports on a Sunday morning. I'm Joe Pott from Bush Stadium. Keep it on Camo X. Uh, interesting thing happened earlier in the week. One of the more interesting things you're ever going to see really in the world of sports where uh, two entities and there were a lot of political implications. There were lawsuits being thrown around and those two entities come together in a uh, PGA tour and uh, live golf using uh, the public, uh, the, the, the public investment fund, the DP world tour is involved in this as well. There's a lot going on a lot more than I know. So uh, we're very happy to uh, Welcome onto the program. He is our KMOX Golf Insider. He is Dan Reardon. Dan, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm very fine, and thanks for the invitation. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Uh, I, like everybody else, including the, all the principals, uh, and for the most part involved, uh, surprised. Didn't know that this was ongoing. Although, learned from Rory McIlroy that he had been hearing. This has been going on for about seven weeks, apparently, and uh, McElroy was aware that there were conversations taking place, but didn't know any of the, the details. But if I was surprised, I'm in good company because one of the people that found out uh, this announcement that morning was Greg Norman, the CEO of LIB Golf. So what, 
how does the PGA Tour do this when they were so anti everything that was going on with Liv going into it? I mean, it's a it's a complete 180 for the PGA Tour. Absolutely, in terms of uh, the PGA Tour and their their hypocrisy, given what they tried to uh, do with the moral high ground. And I'm not questioning their mo- their motives or their beliefs at that time. And and this is capitulation in a sense that they are. Uh, letting the Saudis in when they had criticized anybody taking money from the Saudis in the past. I will say, and, I'm, and I apologize to Chris, I said the same thing when I was on with Chris and uh, Amy uh, a, a couple of days ago. I, I don't believe this is an actual merger that we're talking about. Everything that I read and hear from all the informed sources is that this is a conversation between the Saudi Investment Fund and the PGA Tour and the DP Tour, and it does not involve LIV in any way, shape, or form. In fact, there is every likelihood, I think, if you read through the lines, that what this is, is this is the end of the LIV Tour after 2023. You know, Greg Norman did a conference call with all the employees of the LIV operation and said, hang in there, we will continue to be a standalone uh, tour going forward in 24 and 25. He didn't mention Saudi money at that time. And, I, and I'm wondering the fact that he's been kept in the dark and out of the negotiations, if that isn't a telling sign that uh, part of this deal, and this would be treachery as well on the part of the Saudi system, so part of this deal is to get rid of LIV and operate solely with the two tours, which would be very financially beneficial to the Saudis as investors. So do all the... At that point, do you think Greg Norman is going to try to, on his own, to keep live going, or is it something where it just completely goes away and all these golfers who made this decision have the very uncomfortable moments of walking back into a, a PGA Tour locker room? I think you described it exactly. And understand that Greg Norman tried this poll several years ago, decades ago, quite honestly, mid-1990s, and couldn't find the financial backers to keep uh, – to keep that going forward. And he's been bitter about that ever since. My understanding is Norman has an enormous golden parachute that he'll walk away from this no matter what with a large sum of money. And yes, Jay Monahan and Rory McIlroy specifically talked about the idea of readmitting the, 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 go- the golfers that uh, departed for LIV to the PGA Tour. But they, they said in the case of Rory, there will be severe consequences for their return. And let me just give you a for instance, and I, I'm not saying this will happen, but let me just give you a for instance. What if, what if the stipulation for, let's say, Dustin Johnson coming back to play on the PGA Tour is he must resign his membership with LIV? That sounds like nothing, right? Except if he resigns his membership, he probably voids his contract. And all future payments on that contract would probably disappear. So there would be a severe price to pay if, if that was the punishment for, for returning to the tour. And quite honestly, the tour does have a policy in place that says you cannot belong to another tour without our permission. So like I said, I, I, I think they'll make their way back in. I think it will be a price to be paid. I don't know that it will match the money that the players who turned down to stay with PGA Tour uh, might be. And, and understand, <clears throat> this is all speculation. The only thing that we know for a fact is these two parties got together and agreed they're going to not – they're going to stop suing each other. And from that point forward, they're going to talk and discuss and decide what they're going to do. But Jay, Mon- Jay Monahan gave a bunch of hints, and one specifically was, Jay, do you think next year the LIV Tour and the PGA Tour will, re- oh, will be running events on the same weekend? He says, I don't see that, sport, uh, that scenario taking place. 
Does the PGA Tour need to do anything for the golfers who remain loyal, especially from a financial standpoint? Well, they've got a ton of money available to them now. If, if they wanted to make if they wanted to make them whole, they've got the, they've got the the, the uh, public investment fund available to them, and that's what seven hundred billion dollars or something like that. So, if they wanted to do that, they could do that. I think they're getting into a chaotic situation because they can't be equal payments. You know, let's let's use Rory as an example. Rory was asked, you know, if, if he's upset because he turned down four hundred billion dollars to sign with LIV. He said, I was never offered $400 million. I never even talked to them. So how do you make him whole when he's never even been made an offer? Uh, I I think that's a complicated situation. I think it's much easier to punish the players that walked away than it is to reward the players that maintain their loyalty. And quite honestly, I think that a Justin Thomas or a uh, Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy would be satisfied if they knew the guys coming back to play on their tour were only going to be paid for what they earned when they were back on the tour and didn't have that huge guarantee uh, that all the rest of them turned down. KMOX Golf Insider Dan Reardon continuing to join us. Has Jay Monahan lost the trust of PGA Tour golfers? It depends on how he has, handles this deal. Uh, there are people that think he sold, not sold out, sold the PGA Tour to the Saudi Investment Fund. The way it's being described is there are three parties that will be part of a new company, and that new company will involve the PGA Tour, the DP Tour, and the Saudi Investment Fund. The Saudi Investment Fund is being described as a a minority partner in that operation. If that is true, and the PGA Tour continues to run their operation the way they want to, then I think he will be forgiven by the players. But if it turns out that, that he turned over the control of all of professional golf, to the Saudis, then I think he he's toast, and uh, they'll be looking for somebody new to fill that seat. He's the he's the the commissioner of the tour, but it feels like a lot of these decisions will be made by by the board, and I I assume that's basically his boss. The board serves as as Monahan's boss. Is he is he the point man, the guy who's got to like you know wear the vest for decisions that were made even above him? If you're saying is is he the target uh, under the is he the bullseye? The answer is yes in that regard. But in this new arrangement, again, Monahan said that for this new company, the company does not have a name. For this new company, the board will be made up of primarily PGA Tour members, and a minority will come from the other side of the operation. So the DP Tour and the uh, and the the PGA Tour will have the voting uh, block on their side. Now, whether they can override the I think he's being described as the chairman of this new company. I don't know if that's the case. You know, there's so much of this that needs to be finalized. And then there's the, there's the argument out there that, uh, you know, this is all against antitrust. You know, that's, that's what the suit from the LIV was against the PGA Tour, that they were, they were uh, violating antitrust laws by trying to restrict the players from playing on the LIV Tour. Well, let's say they take action against that tour and it goes away. Somebody's going to step up and file antitrust uh, antitrust violations against them. So, like I said, there's so many things in the air. It would probably have been nicer if they had kept this under wraps for a little longer. My understanding is the reason this came up as quickly as it did is because about a month ago, uh, the DP Tour won a major lawsuit uh, in England that, that basically said they can do whatever they want as far as their members are concerned. And they could restrict them from playing in any DP tour events. 
And the Saudis knew at that point in time, legally, they were going to lose on everything they're trying to do. And so that started the talks going so that everybody was looking for a win-win situation. Uh, as I said, I could be completely wrong on this, but to me, this sounds like Appomattox or the LIV and face-saving for the Saudis. And one other possibility, Matt, would really, and I don't think this is so far-fetched, the Saudis may have had this idea all along. You know, LIV never looked like a good idea to me in the first place. Not enough players, not enough stuff going on to make it viable. What if the Saudis said, we want, involve, we want an involvement in a professional sport? We want a financial involvement in golf. We make money in professional sports. Let's do this. Let's put a rival up there, finance them for a period of time, and that will pressure the other operation to come over and, and talk to us, and we get in the game. Is that, is that such an insane idea for people who are really very, very good businessmen? No, that's been floated a lot. If you're a fan of The Office, a lot of people have made uh, comparisons to the Michael Scott Paper Company, uh, and that's uh, in many ways there is some similarities there. Last thing for you, the PGA Tour has been operating tax-exempt, nonprofit, 501c6 organization, I believe they are. Uh, it's it's always been kind of silly that they've operated that way when you see the payouts and everything, but but they, they are. Can Now when you've got these billions of dollars behind you, do, are they still able to do that? That's exactly what Jake Bonahan said in his press conference. He said, what we have done is we have opened the doors to us financially uh, because we can now operate within the framework of a, of a business operation. But in doing so, we are not on the PGA Tour changing our nonprofit status. So the new company can make money the PGA Tour directly will still remain a nonprofit. So he's, he's ter- sort of splitting the baby with the, uh, in half there and, uh, and trying to get both wars. Again, whether that works or not, I don't know. But Monaghan specifically addressed that question that the PGA Tour would still remain a not-for-profit not operation. So you funnel stuff through the PGA Tour and you don't pay taxes on it? Uh, well, I, you know... If you look at it from the side that we look at it as normal human beings with everyday lives, of course, this is not going to be something we would approve of. And, and honestly, the guys that are going to make money out of this are the, the name players, and the guys that are going to get cheated out of this are the lesser name players. Yeah. But that's, you know, that happens in all of life and certainly in sports as well. Sure, it does. Uh, Dan, really appreciate you taking some time with us today in a really, really complicated uh, situation. Uh, look forward to talking to you again real soon. That is the Camo X golf editor, Dan Reardon, on Sports Open Line with Matt Pauley. Uh, that was earlier this week, and a really interesting conversation just about what is, you know, what the what the motives were, uh, even going to, even saying perhaps that that was what Live Golf wanted all the time, and what the, the Saudis wanted all the time was to get to the point that they had to be acknowledged by the you know, bigger, more successful, more established tour, and they had a, a seat at the table, and now they do. And uh, I think that was really interesting and was actually thinking earlier this week about seeing if Dan would come on, and then uh, he appeared on the show earlier in the week, and so I figured we could just play that again and let you hear all of the uh, conversation that Matt and Dan had, and so I thought that was a good idea. It worked out really well. Next hour coming up here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. We're going to talk to uh, Joaquin Buckley, who is an up-and-coming fighter in uh, the MMA circles and something that my producer, Drew Young, is educating me on on a daily basis. But he is a St. Louis guy that's having a lot of success, so we'll talk to him 
right off the top in hour number two. Of course, we'll get to John Moselak during uh, hour number two as well, and we'll continue to get you ready for Cardinals baseball. Uh, I have not been outside here recently. I've been in the studio here at Bush Stadium, so I don't know the exact uh, weather situation we have here currently, but I am sure that there are people that are smarter than me and understand all of that better than I do as far as as uh, how much it will take or how much this field will take, I should say. Of course, it's been covered probably since after the game yesterday, but we'll see what the status of the game is here. Now we know the status of the game down the road at City Park uh, won't be affected unless there is lightning. And of course, they have played that game already uh, this season earlier with a, a game against Cincinnati that ended up kicking off hours after it was supposed to. And all of the fans the diehards stayed in the parking garages and they uh, were told to seek shelter so they did and then they came out in great voice and then st louis city went on to beat up on cincinnati that night at city park so i'm not saying i would like a repeat of all of those things that happened but i wouldn't mind a repeat of the score line that they had against cincinnati in that game i think that would uh, do some good and up until that wednesday sort of 40 minute replay game they had been on quite the role. And if you heard us earlier talking to Jake Koenig, Jake Koenig and Justin Graham of the ball watching podcast, that's kind of what they said as uh, well, just to move on and, and get on with this game. They've got to focus on the LA galaxy today. Galaxy on paper, not a very good team, but that doesn't mean that they don't have the potential to come and sneak up and sneak in and get a win. So you want to make sure that that doesn't happen. If you are city SC. So we'll head to the top of the hour. We'll get a check of the news. We'll come back here for hour number two of sports on a Sunday morning. Joaquin Buckley is first out of the gates in hour number two, and we'll spend some time chatting with him. He can further educate me on the sport of mixed martial arts because it's just not a sport that I am all terribly familiar with, but I'm interested to hear from him and hear from a St. Louis guy having success. We always love to hear about the guys uh, from the area having success no matter what their sport is. So he'll be first out of the gates in hour number two. Sports on a Sunday morning here from the Stiefel Sports Studio at Bush Stadium. I'm Joe Pot. It continues after the news on X. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 